Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam Barry, who covers the Pirates for MLB.com. And Adam, my friend, you are heading to warmer weather in less than a week. And we've just been exhausting this, this conversation about spring training, spring training. Well, my friend, it is here. Are you packed? Are you ready? I am not packed at all, but I am very excited about the warmer weather, and I am excited to turn things that could happen into things that are happening. It's going to be good, you know, just to catch up with guys, see what they're doing, see where they're at, you know, try to get to know some of these guys a little bit better so fans can kind of get an insight into, you know, what they're watching, stuff to look out for. But yeah, right now we are uh, beating the spring training preview drum pretty hard. So yes, I am I am ready to be in Florida and you know see some baseball activities. It's always exciting those first couple of weeks. You know, you watch bullpen sessions that you normally skip during the season, like you've never seen a man throw a baseball before. <laughs> Super excited, ready to get going. Do you, when you land, are you the kind of person who unpacks everything you've brought or are you literally picking out of your suitcase all of spring? No, I I unpack completely. And that was actually really tough. The first couple of springs I did this when I stayed in a hotel for seven Mm -hmm. weeks, it was one of those world baseball classic springs, but no, I unpack, I settle in, I live there for six weeks. And this year is a a new wrinkle to that. I'm going to have a roommate in uh, Joe Trezza, our new Orioles reporter. So I love it. Yeah, we're going to have the uh, Sarasota Bradenton Bureau for MLB.com set up down there. So we'll Are you guys going to cook dinners together? I don't know. You know, we'll have to figure out who cooks, who cleans. <laughs> you know, I think Joe's bringing down like baseball gloves and we'll find a baseball and we'll we'll throw it around. We're on a golf course. Maybe we'll go out there and, you know, play nine when we have time. Who knows? It'll, it'll be I a good time. I love it. Wow, that's so fun. All right, so now you guys have a little insight into how spring training works for our reporters because you guys are grinding it out just as much as the athletes covering them, and there's a lot of ground to cover once you guys get there. So I love that. That's uh, we'll, we'll keep track of, of the uh, Joe and Adam trials and tribulations of spring training saga now really that I know funny about that. If, like, Joe is complaining about me on the Orioles podcast and that's I'm complaining right. about Joe here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to cross check that. Maybe we'll get Joe on the podcast one day to talk about um, all of those good things. I love it. But you and I do have a couple of things we do get to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about Francisco Liriano, uh, which is a surprising topic. We're going to preview the outfield. You wrote about that on Pirates.com, and then we're going to cover an inbox question. 
And that is still to be determined. So I'll determine that when we get to it. But let's start, Adam. Let's start with an outfield preview because we've talked about these guys a little bit all offseason. Corey Dickerson, who the only thing he wanted in the entire world was to earn a gold glove and did just that uh, for his defense. Starling Marte is a guy that that is going to be back in action. And then You've got two other guys right now over in right field. You've got Lonnie Chisenhall, who's a new guy. Um, and then you've got Gregory Polanco, who's going to be out for a little bit. And that is why Chisenhall was brought in, um, to command that position and to play it to the best of his abilities until Polanco can come back healthy. But there's another guy in the mix who's going to be on the bench. But first, let's just kind of go through. Let's go left to right and, and give me a little detail about each guy who's going to be manning those positions. Yeah, I think you set it up pretty well there with Corey Dickerson set two goals coming into last season. He wanted to improve his defense significantly, and he wanted to cut his strikeout rate in half, and he basically did both. So, you know, that was huge for him after being designated for assignment by the Rays and kind of shipped out unceremoniously to the Pirates. You know, I I think he's going to bat in the heart of the order. Um, He's going to play an important position in left field, obviously. That's such a tough spot even as easy as he made it look last season in PNC Park. Um, and this is going to be his last season of club control, so he's actually entering free agency at the end of the year. So this is a big year for him personally. And honestly, he might be one of their top position players just based on you know pure value that he brings. You look last season, and their starting outfielders were three of their top seven players, according to a Baseball References version of wins above replacement. It was... Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco in that order. So, you know, Dickerson kind of came into camp surprisingly last season, and he turned out to be one of their most important core players. And I think that's going to be the case again this season. You know, with Marte, the question is basically just consistency because we know the talent is there. He is capable of being the best player on the field whenever he takes the field. And his teammates tell me a lot of time that, the team kind of goes as he goes. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that he struggled in June and August and the team struggled in June and August. He was incredible in July and the team was incredible in July. So he is kind of the tone setter in a way for this team. He plays a critical, uh, you know, defensive position in center field. He's the leader out there. I think he could bat second or third, uh, you know, most of the season, depending on what Clint Hurdle wants to do. You know, you saw him do some pretty incredible things, 20 home runs and 33 steals last season. Not many guys have the physical ability to do that, and Marte could do that and be even better, you know, if he can just sort of cut down some of the slumps that slowed him down last season. Adam, do you think he could be a 30-30 guy? You know, I don't know if he has 30 home run power, and I don't know if you want him trying to be a 30 Mm. home run hitter necessarily because then you might take away some of the things that he can do you know, with his speed and, you know, just Interesting. hit the ball into the gap, hit the ball down the line. <laughs> it's a double because he has that kind of speed. Um, I think he certainly has just, you know, the sort of strength to do it and the, you know, obviously the speed to steal the 30 bases, but I think probably 2040 might be more realistic. If, okay. you, if you ask like, can he get to 60 of the two combined? Yes. <laughs> but I don't know if he can do it with an <laughs> even 30, 30. I think he's definitely got that 2040 potential. And he talked about, wanting to strengthen his legs this offseason when we talked to him at Pirates Fest to hit for more power, to be you know more consistent on the bases because he did get thrown out quite a bit trying to steal. So he's just so important. And then you mentioned uh, the right fielders. Chisholm Hall, the question is health, as in can he stay healthy? Because he really felt like he kind of came into some things 
offensively the last two years, but he's only played 111 games combined due to calf strains. So, you know, the Pirates might have made a really smart investment, you know, with kind of an affordable deal with him if he is able to stay on the field because that, you know, the slash line looked really good. You know, he's a very capable defensive right fielder and he could become sort of the fourth outfielder when Gregory Polanco comes back. The question is still, when is that going to happen? Because, you know, the Pirates initially set that really broad time frame of between mid-April and mid-June, and there hasn't been a ton of clarity this offseason. We're hoping to get some when we get down there for spring training, assuming Polanco is kind of ramping up his throwing program, because that's sort of the, you know, the, the last box that he needs to check is how is his shoulder going to hold up after surgery under the stresses of throwing from the outfield. So, you know, you saw him take a lot of steps forward offensively uh, last season, especially after he took that kind of small step back from the plate in June. He was their best hitter overall. He was their, you know, team leader in home runs. And I think he is going to be, you know, like the other two outfielders, a middle of the order hitter uh, for this team whenever he's healthy. And then, you know, you had Chisholm as a depth piece there. And all of a sudden you have a good rotation, a good bullpen, good catching and a really quality outfield group with some questions in the infield. But, you know, every team's going to have questions, especially a small market team. So, you know, the pieces are in place there to, to do some interesting things built around their pitching, you know, their catcher, catcher situation in their outfield. They just need to have those guys healthy. And there is a little bit of profession, you know, pressure on them to perform. That's kind of the way I phrased it in the story is, there are fewer questions, but probably more pressure. Okay. All right. I mean, that's a that's a really in-depth, and I appreciate you kind of hitting all those little points. If you want to get the full read, pirates.com, uh, because that story, is that out, Adam, as we're uh, talking? It should be online today as we're recording this, which is Wednesday. So, yeah, it should be. Definitely by the time you're listening to this, you can go to pirates.com and check in with that outfield because it is going to be a stellar outfield. And you've got depth, and you wrote about the depth at the farm level as well. So those positions, I think, are are protected for for a good time. And if something happens to those guys because health is an issue, I don't think that the Pirates are too concerned about filling those spots. The next thing, Adam... Francisco Liriano. I didn't think we'd be talking about him on this podcast, but here we are. Francisco Liriano coming back to... Oh, we're back in action. Lost connection. Hello. Don't be sorry. Uh, Podcast magic here. So Francisco Liriano coming back to the Pirates on a minor league deal, correct? Yeah, he's back on a minor league contract that would pay him $1.8 million if he makes the roster with an additional $1.5 million in incentives, according to The Athletic. Uh, the idea is that he'll compete for a spot in the opening day bullpen, you know, as a, whether it's a lefty specialist or a middle reliever. And, or a and when reliever. you say that, are you kind of shaking your head? Because this was the guy who started opening day. 2014 to 2016 and as we talked about earlier pitched in what was probably one of the most important games in Pirates history yeah I'm I'm not really surprised just based on where he is at this stage of his career Um, you look last season with the Tigers it was 5 and 12 with a 4.58 ERA Um, among all pitchers who worked at least 100 innings he had the fourth highest walk rate and the fourth lowest strikeout to walk ratio that's you know tough to be a starter in today's game when you're having trouble you know throwing strikes basically and turning a lineup over and he really struggled against right-handed hitters as well so there are some indicators in his profile that 
you know, might show that he can be successful in a more limited relief role. He's been really good against left-handed hitters. Even last year, he held him to a 170 average, and opponents only hit 221 against him when facing him for the first time. That was part of the reason the Pirates thought he struggled so much in 2016, is that, you know, as opponents gained more familiarity with him, they had more success. So if you limit the exposure, you know, you put him in more favorable matchups, maybe he's going to have more success. And obviously, you you know, you like to have a veteran in the bullpen. It's still kind of a young group out there. I believe he worked with Michael Feliz in Houston when he was briefly an Astro. He has familiarity with some of the guys on the staff from when he was here in 16, and those young pitchers were coming up through the system. And it's a guy who wants to be here. I know he spoke really highly about his time with the Pirates. He spoke really highly to Feliz, you know, about getting traded to the Pirates. So there's something to be said for somebody being happy in their workspace and for wanting Mm -hmm. to be there. So I don't think it's really a a bad deal either way. It's kind of no risk. It's a minor league contract. If he doesn't look like he has it, you move on. They have other options, and Tyler Lyons and Stephen Brault, and I don't think they're done uh, adding left-handed relief options. There could be something potentially within the week of them trying to add another lefty to that mix, just seeing what they have in camp and you know letting those guys figure it out for them. Yeah, absolutely. And soon enough, I mean, within a week, I think uh, a lot more pictures will become clear. The cliche pieces of the puzzle will start to come, um, become uh, more put together, Adam. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait to talk to you next week because there's just going to be so many things. I don't, I probably won't even get a word in, which is even better for this podcast, that no words are coming from my mouth, but from your mouth, because there's going to be such great stuff happening down in camp. And Last thing we're going to do, we have, I have two more, actually. I have a surprise topic for you. But this this next topic is something that you wrote about in your inbox and something that you and I have talked about um, when it comes to Josh Bell and the need for him to really step it up this year and, and, and really get those numbers up when it comes to his power because that's what fans are also talking about. They want to know which hitters might break out this year. And you and I can, I think, both easily agree it's got to be Josh Bell. Yeah, I think it could be and it needs to be is sort of the way that I would phrase that because Bell plays such an important position offensively at first base. You know, he's not a great or even good by the metrics defender at first base, so he needs to provide value value with the bat. And he's done that to a limited extent, as we've talked about. You know, he's improved his average and his on-base percentage last season, but the power has got to be there because you look at this lineup and, you know, it's kind of like we, we asked last week, who's going to leave the team in home runs. And it's not good that you don't really know, but it, you know, Bell can really state his case for it. And I think he can really kind of establish himself if he has a strong offensive year. Uh, he has certainly put in the work. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing up there. He's fallen victim too often to, changing and always trying to look for something new instead of sticking with an approach and trying to get the most out of it. And just from talking to him at Pirates Fest, it was pretty encouraging to hear that he's really tried to stick with what worked for him uh, in September after he came off the bench, you know, to work on things, trying to work on not forcing home runs, but, you know, kind of letting the pitcher provide the power, essentially, you know, trying to stay focused on that left center field gap and just do his thing. And, you know, it's a capable guy. We've seen it in the minor leagues that he hit for average and got on base. We saw flashes of power in 2017 when he hit 26 home runs. At some point, you've got to think that he's going to do both at the same time. So why not this year? 
Okay, I like it. Last thing, my friend, um, and we'll, we'll keep this quick. So back on the table is the universal DH. And since you cover a National League team, you, you get to watch your pitchers um, step up to the plate and, and take some hacks mm. at the ball, in your very humble opinion, as well as mine. Uh, do you feel that a universal DH would be, would be good for baseball? I'm of two minds on it. You know, I, I like the idea that, you know, more offense in the game is a good thing. And you want to see somebody who is paid to hit go up there and hit. Whereas pitchers, you know, we can encourage them to be athletes and all that, but it's not their focus. Their focus needs to be on pitching. And you see the numbers. They're not good. You know, every Bartolo Colon home run, you know, is basically the counter argument to the idea of the universal DH, but how often does that happen? You know, it's, it's such a rare thing. So I don't know. I, I, I never really tell people how to like feel about the game. Like, you know, you, your opinion is bad. No, whatever people feel about it is fine. You know, it's the reason we have debate in sport and it's fine. I would personally kind of like to see just consistency in either direction. That's sort of the tough thing is, you know, we have more, interleague play you know the pirates have opened the last two seasons on the road in american league city where they have to have a you know a a dh and they're kind of in an inherent disadvantage because that's not the way their roster is built so i would not necessarily like to see one put in right away for this season because then teams are gonna have to scramble but you know what at some point it seems inevitable might as well do it it's gonna stink for some people it's gonna be weird to see you know a pirates team with a dh at pnc park but I could get behind it just in the sense of, you know, letting hitters hit, letting pitchers pitch, and that's what they're paid to do. Let's see the best in the world do what they're best at. All right. Okay. Well, maybe you can check in with some of the pitchers when you get to camp and see what their thoughts are on that. But you and you and me, my friend, we are wrapping up this podcast. You've got to get on the road. You've got to get to Florida. I'm going to be in New York. But you and I will continue these podcasts. Pirates.com, if you have been living under a rock, for the past couple of months. Welcome back to baseball. Football is officially over. So, Adam, my friend, as always, I'm so appreciative of your time. Yeah, it's good talking to you. All right, with Adam Barry, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.